Live around the globe, it's time for Rudy Max's World on the SSI Radio Network. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the deserts, bear, man. I breathe the mountain air, man. I travel, I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. Get on the phone now and call 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. Or email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. And now, the savvy traveler himself, Rudy Maxa. Welcome aboard. This is a special edition of America's Most Listened to Travel Radio Show because I'm on the road in Los Angeles and broadcasting from the rooftop pool of the Hotel Wilshire on L.A.'s Miracle Mile. Now, first, a few words about the Miracle Mile. It's a one-and-a-half-mile stretch of Wilshire Boulevard in the neighborhood known as Mid-Wilshire or West Side. It's famous for a number of very cool sites, including the La Brera Tar Pits, more about those later, the Peterson Automotive Museum, the Los Angeles County Museum of Art, known as LACMA, and the A-plus-D Museum, that's the Architecture and Design Museum, as well as the Craft and Folk Art Museum. Wilshire's also, Wilshire Boulevard's also home to a number of architecturally significant Art Deco buildings. Now, let me describe where I am to you. From atop the Hotel Wilshire, I've got a panoramic view of the Hollywood Hills. In the distance is the iconic Hollywood sign. I'm about a five-minute five drive from the heart of Beverly Hills, straight down Wilshire Boulevard toward the Pacific Ocean. And much more importantly, if I go the other way uh, along uh, Wilshire, I can get a great pastrami sandwich or the famous number 19 at Langer's Deli in the Westlake neighborhood. We're going to learn more about this very special hood today when we talk with Laurent Gubler. He's president of the Hollywood Chamber of Commerce. We're also going to meet the general manager of El Pueblo de Los Angeles, a living museum that celebrates the diverse peoples who first settled here in the 18th century. I'll introduce you to the Farmer's Market at the Grove, a place you've really got to visit should you be lucky enough to come to L.A. And while everyone knows L.A. brings the world movies and television shows galore, well, there's a lot more culture here as well. We'll talk theater and music and cuisine later this hour. So welcome to the Miracle Mile in Los Angeles. We're going to dive in after a quick look at this week's news and travel. Well, now we know where to go get diamonds. Apparently, there's an 8.05 p.m. Helvetic Airlines flight that departs Brussels Airport, and it regularly carries lots of precious stones. Last Monday's heist went so smoothly for the thieves that even the passengers aboard the plane on the tarmac weren't aware that bad guys wielding guns below them were, or were below them on the plane's cargo hold, making off about $50 million or more worth of glittering loot. Talk about lost luggage. My guess is that robbery has sent chills up the spines of airport security chiefs worldwide and that there will be some changes that come in that regard at airports around the world. My first thought was this. Instead of jewel thieves, what if those guys had been terrorists? They certainly made breaching the security perimeter of a major international airport look easy. And things didn't go too well at Madrid's airport on Monday either as striking Iberia airline workers clashed with the police. The workers called a five-day strike that led to the cancellation of numerous Iberia flights. About 200 workers fought poured into Terminal 4 at Spain's largest airport. They were protesting 3,800 pending job cuts at the country's flagship airline. Police used truncheons to quell some of the uh, demonstrators and threw some of the people out of the terminal. The work stoppage not only affected Iberia, but other airlines at airports throughout Spain when baggage workers from Iberia who service other airlines walked off their jobs. Now, the flight attendants and ground workers are planning two more of these five-day work stoppages. The next one begins March 4th, another March 18th. So if you're headed to Spain, you might want to keep your eye on those labor actions. Let's get back to Los Angeles. Ron Gubler is the president of the Hollywood Chamber of Commerce, and he has kindly taken time out from what I'm sure are furious preparations for Sunday night's Academy Awards ceremony to talk with us. Laurent, I'm poolside on the roof of the Hotel Kimpton looking at the Hollywood sign. I understand it's about 90 years old uh, this year, but this isn't the original sign, is it? Uh, that's correct. The original sign, of course, was put up in 1923, and it was put up uh, only to be up as a uh, 
promotion for a real estate project, so they didn't build it to last. It was basically <laughs> two by fours and uh, ten, and of course it deteriorated. So this is actually about the third generation of the sign. All right. Well, I can't talk to you. I mean, the president of the Hollywood Chamber of Commerce, without su talking about Sunday night's Academy Award uh, ceremony, I, you must be in the final. You must have a countdown sheet, do you? Is it like a, <laughs> a, a missile, like a rocket launch to the moon? You know, this is a very busy week for us, and uh, uh, I don't actually have a countdown sheet, but we try to stay abreast of events, and uh, as we get closer to the event, uh, things get more and more exciting. Uh, they completely shut down uh, the block around Hollywood and Highland uh, this week, and uh, the red carpet has been rolled out. Everything's getting ready for final preparations. Have you been through this a lot, or is this a relatively new, new job for you? Well, uh, they moved uh, they moved the Academy Awards back to Hollywood about 11 years ago. Right. And uh, we were excited to be a part of that uh, back then uh, and welcome them back to Hollywood. Uh, the chamber actually created its own media welcoming center uh, that we put on every year, which we had today, to welcome the out-of-town press uh, to help them with stories and to let them know what's happening. What is your biggest challenge as, uh, as Hollywood in hosting the Academy Awards? Oh, the biggest challenge is trying to uh, let the day-to-day -day activity within the community continue without too much disruption while the uh, preparations for the big event happens. Uh, as you can imagine, it, uh, uh, it, it, it the street closures create a lot of disruptions, uh, and people around here understand that, but we try to get around that, uh, uh, knowing shortcuts and how to continue our business operations during this period. All right. Now, I am... Uh coming to you from the Miracle Mile, as, as you know. But there seems to be sort of a symbiotic relationship between Hollywood and the Miracle Mile, though technically uh, you wouldn't call this Hollywood, right? Correct. Uh, uh, you know, Hollywood is a physical place, a physical right. community, but the industry long ago outgrew just the, the physical confines of Hollywood. So there are entertainment companies in the Miracle Mile area as well as completely uh, between Hollywood and the west side and over into the San Fernando Valley. And Hollywood... Um, uh, Hollywood is, or, or not is, has experienced a resurgence in its commercial area. I think the, ho the opening of hotels there, the renovation of theaters there in the last 15 years. If we're talking to a nationwide audience today, if folks haven't visited Hollywood in the last decade, it's time for another look-see, isn't it? Oh, without question. We've uh, poured more than $4 billion into Hollywood over the last 10 years or so, and there's uh, much more on the drawing board. So. If uh, they came uh, a while ago and were disappointed, we'd say, come on back, see what we've done, and uh, see what a uh, great place this is to visit. What is on the drawing board? Well, we have, uh, we have hotels, we have office, uh, we have mixed-use projects. Uh, we just had a hearing this week on a project called Millennium Hollywood, which will surround the Capitol Records Tower with a landmark project. Uh, we have a... Uh, project under construction right now for Emerson College, their entertainment campus by a world-famous architect. Uh, we have, um, like I said, new hotels. There should be two new hotels breaking ground this year. Uh, obviously, new restaurants opening all the time. So uh, a lot of new things, a lot of new attractions. The Motion Picture Academy is working on their, uh, uh, their long-planned uh, museum in the, in the near future. So there's uh, actually a lot that is in the hopper. What you're describing uh, would would pass for the building of a new small town in most cities. That's correct. <laughs> That's quite. We've had uh, several thousand housing units built in what is a, a really a built-out community, uh, just within the last few years, and there's more planned. Uh, Hollywood is a very 
hot commodity again. If you only, we've only got a few seconds left, Luron, but if you were coming back to Hollywood after not having been there or having never been there, where is the first place you'd go to begin your exploration? Well, obviously, I think uh, ground zero for, uh, for a tourist is to come to Hollywood and Highland uh, to uh, uh, see the Dolby Theater where the Academy Awards take place, to visit the Chinese Theater for a court, to visit some of our historic theaters like the El Capitan and Egyptian, to walk along the Walk the of walk Fame. The Walk of Stars, the Walk of Fame, yeah. right. Well, Laron, thanks. I know you got a lot of work to do. Laron Gubler is the president of the Hollywood Chamber of Commerce. Thanks for taking time out of your weekend, Laron. Glad to be with you. We'll be right back. To participate in the program and speak with Rudy Maxa, call 800-387-8025 or email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. Ladies, are any of these symptoms familiar? Weight gain, hot flashes, rapid heartbeat, night sweats? How about fatigue, nausea, low energy? Or what about sleeplessness, low libido, and fat storage, especially around the belly area? If you're a woman over 40 experiencing any of these symptoms, you probably have hormonal imbalance. And until you balance your hormones, it'll be practically impossible to get rid of these problems. But you're in luck because Amberin is the all-natural formula clinically shown to cause sustained weight loss in women over 40 with no big change in lifestyle. Amberin restores hormonal balance in women over 40, so the extra pounds fall away and the other symptoms simply disappear. To receive a complimentary risk-free trial with a free 30-day supply, just be one of the first 50 callers right now at 1-800-525-2563. Free supplies are limited, so be one of the first callers right now at 1-800-525-2563. That's 1-800-525-2563. If you have gout, listen closely. It's the sound of gout silently attacking joints between flares. You won't hear it, and you may not feel it, but if your uric acid level remains high, crystals can continue to build up in your joints. Over time, this may lead to attacks in other joints, constant pain, and joint destruction. So don't wait. For more information, go to goutinfo.com and talk with your doctor about ways to keep your uric acid at a lower, healthy level. I'm happy to bring you the next chapter in a fun contest series sponsored by our friends at Travel Guard. It's one of thousands of true travel tales they receive every year. Diane and her friend were enjoying a summer cruise in the Mediterranean when her legs started to itch uncontrollably. She let it go, thinking it would get better. But when she noticed it getting inflamed and red, her mind went to her worst fear. For the rest of the story and a chance to win a Kindle, visit TravelGuard.com stories. Travel Guard is a worldwide leader in travel insurance and assistance. To join Rudy Maxa, call 800-387-8025. You can email the show at info at rudymaxa.com. Now back to Rudy Maxa's World. Welcome back. It's about 18 minutes after the hour. You're listening to America's Most Popular Radio Travel Show. Glad you are. Coming to you live today, or live this weekend, from uh, um, Los Angeles and from a particular neighborhood in Los Angeles called the Miracle Mile. But we're taking a broader look at Los Angeles and my next guest is going to, going to answer the question of who it was who first decided to come and plant a flag in what was really a desert here and, uh, and in a place that would eventually evolve to become the country's second largest city. More than 18 million people live in the metropolitan area here. Try to get your mind around 18 million people. My guest is Chris Espinosa. He's the general manager of El Pueblo de Los Angeles Historical Monument. Now, that title sounds like it's a monument. Well, it is a monument, but in a, in a very broad sense of the term. It's actually a small neighborhood. 
in the original part of downtown Los Angeles, across from the gorgeously restored uh, train station called Union Station here in Los Angeles. Uh, Chris, thanks for taking time out of your weekend to join me. Thank you for having me. Okay, so, so what is El Pueblo? Uh, it is not a monument. It's a collection of... It's a collection a of uh, historical buildings. Um, we have the monument actually is the plaza in the center of the park and it has a beautiful kiosk and we have a number of events, uh, music and uh, Aztec dancers and um, a number of, of dance groups every weekend come out and um, it's a great place. So to what, are, what are we memorializing here? The first community in Los yeah, Angeles. It's, and it's, who were these folks? Well, there were 44 uh, pobladores and they were... What does um, that mean? Residents well, of the Pueblo? Yes. Okay. They were sent specifically by the Spanish government to come and establish a town. So they established missions, presidios uh, of military forts, and towns. And this was one of the towns right there. In, uh, now, now, historically, uh, I mean, maybe it's my East Coast background, Midwest background, but towns in America were started around rivers, places for trade. This part of Los Angeles isn't even on the ocean, so it wasn't like they were expecting ships coming in. Why there? Do you well, know? We are, we are very close to the Los Angeles River. Um, where I'd and was say that, we're about was that five a trade route? Was that a trade route in the old days? Um, it wasn't a trade trade route. It, um, they established the the um, city right in a Indian um, area. We should so mention that a, thousands of years, uh, for thousands of years before that, Indians had lived in this region. Uh, right. Yes. Yeah, so there was an Indian, uh, the Gabrielinos, the the Tongva Indians, were mm -hmm. established in that area, and they were very close to the Los Angeles River. And in fact, they had uh, the pobladores had built a uh, an aqueduct, what we call the Zanja Madre, and parts of it still exist, and we have parts really? of it exposed within the historical monument where you can see the city's first water system that ran from the Los Angeles River to the town. Okay, so these Spaniards come here. Was the I was the idea to make this part of Spain? Yes, it was uh, to establish an outpost, mm -hmm. um, claim their territory, um, uh, work with the Indians uh, to establish uh, of towns and, and um, areas for agriculture. This was not to look for gold, as, as Spaniards spent so much time futilely, in some cases, looking for it in South America. Yes. This was, this was to establish a new Spain. Yeah, and in the city center, um, where, where the historical monument is, there were a number of townhomes, so adobe um, houses that were built around the city center. There was the church, La Placita Church, that's right across the street from 1818. And the ranches were beyond, in the, essentially the suburbs. And there were a number of ranches that uh, they had cattle, wine, uh, you know, vineyards. Vineyards mm -hmm. where the city of Los Angeles. Can you imagine the, what, what folks of that time would think about the suburbs of Los Angeles now? My guest is, uh, is Chris Espinosa. He's the general manager of El Pueblo de Los Angeles, a historical monument. If you visit L.A., you've got to go down and see this complex across from Union Station, the main train station in the original part of L.A., which is back big time now, by the way, with a lot of cultural offerings, hotels. There's a new Ritz-Carlton down there and all kinds of stuff. Um, if you're ambient noise, it's because we're coming to you live from the rooftop pool of the Hotel uh, Wilshire. It's a Kimpton Boutique Hotel here in the, along the Miracle Mile. We're going to talk a little more about the Miracle Mile later. Um, okay, so we've got the Spaniards there. They're forming. They're going to form this new Spain. Well, it never did become Spain. What happened? Well, it was, uh, it was part well, of it Spain. Was, for a while it was, right. And then um, uh, the Mexican uh, 
it became a Mexican and it was uh, Mexico, country, right? And so then a Mexican state was established in that area, and then there was the war in 1846, and then the Americans also came over. So um, the interpretive uh, displays and information that we provide is a discussion on the Indians that were there first, the Spanish, the Mexican country, and then uh, as the United States uh, major city. And and there are structures stand. I mean, you have more than 20 structures there. Most of some of them renovated. Most of them renovated. You have a market. I mean, there's an actual street where with Mexican restaurants and and shops and so on. Yeah, well, Vera Street is a uh, was established in the 1930s, and it was uh, specifically to establish uh, uh, for tourism purposes. But it was also to highlight and preserve uh, the historical buildings in that area. So we um, control all the parking lots around that area, and we um, have a revenue source. And then we also um, do a lot of renovation of the buildings. So recently we just renovated uh, the Sepulveda house. We redid all the center puestos, the little shops down the center. We're working on the uh, Italian hall from 1907 that will be made into an Italian-American museum. And we have big plans for the Merced Theater. Uh, we're going to be renovating that over the next three years. And that will be um, a television studio for the city. But also, we're looking to partner with nonprofits to provide programming in that area as well. Is it is the Pueblo, the this community that you're describing, that you run, you are executive director of, um, is that why the train station was placed there? Yes, it, it was. Um, you know, that used to be the historic Chinatown in that area. And the train station was an idea to consult. There was a number of train stations around the area, and it was a consolidation of a lot of the major train stations into that uh, city center. It was uh, a way of um, being close to the civic center as well. So we're one block away from City Hall um, and the county facilities and the federal courthouse. And we're very uh, centrally located. I mean, one block away, you're in Chinatown. Two blocks away, you're in Little Tokyo. Um, there is what, what would be considered old Mexico. So it's a great placement. All, all of which makes it such a great city. I mean, yeah. that you can, you can walk between, you know, so many different cultures. Um, and by the way, if you do go visit El Pueblo, um, I think you'd probably join me, Chris, in saying that the, the renovation of Union Station was quite spectacular. So even if you're not taking the train, do go in and walk around. Right? Oh, for sure. It's it's just right across the street. But the trains uh, in Los Angeles has really developed over these uh, last few years. So you can head off to Pasadena, into Boyle Heights, uh, into West L.A. Um, it, it's it's into the national more parks more of America. Yes, yeah. yes. So you could catch Amtrak to uh, Chicago. Exactly. Okay, so well. it's a, it's really a gorgeous station, Art Deco and Spanish at the same time. So it's beautiful. We'll give a shout out to Amtrak. Exactly. The train system is vibrant here. And someday I'm sure there'll be a high speed train, high speed train between here and San Francisco. But I don't know if it'll be my lifetime or your lifetime, Chris. But uh, all right. So if I were to come down to visit the Pueblo and I had a half a day, I'm, let's say I'm new to Los Angeles and I want to see where this city began and how it began. Um, how would I structure a half a day there? Well, the first thing I would probably do is uh, go visit our tour office, the Angelitas. They're a docent group where you can get free tours of the historic plaza, and they'll give you great information. They're a wonderful group of people, and it's for free. Um, you can also visit our new America Tropical Interpretive Center. It's a 1932 mural from David Alfaro Siqueiros in which we uh, uh, 
worked with the Getty Conservation Institute to bring back this beautiful, controversial You, you, you sort of mural. rediscovered this. You said it had been, I understand, it had been covered for it political reasons. It was whitewashed. Yeah. Whitewash, so uh, Olvera Street was a Mexican marketplace, and it was very uh, tourist-driven, and they invited David Alfaro Siqueiros to paint a, a mural, America Tropical, and they were thinking that they'd get a very um, a pastoral uh, vision of, of Mexico, what they got was a very political, strong political statement because it was just after the Mexican Revolution. And um, soon thereafter, it was whitewashed. Ah. Well, it's very ironic because over the years, the sun and the rain actually took away the whitewash. And by the 1960s, it was visible again. <laughs> well, in partnership with the uh, Getty Conservation Institute, we were able to work with them to take off that whitewash, put a viewing platform on the roof, and a beautiful interpretive center that has high-tech um, visual displays and static exhibits that tell this whole story of what Los Angeles was like in the 1930s. And is there a website that uh, someone could do a little research on before coming there? Yeah, it's uh, americatropical.org, so that's America Tropical. A one word dot org how about the pueblo itself yeah uh it's you just find it on our city website it's lacity.org okay. it's one word and uh, you'll see all our different museums from the chinese american museum the avila adobe la plaza de cultura and all the others that we have to offer and they're all for free ah nice Chris, uh, Chris Espinosa is the general manager of El Pueblo de Los Angeles Historical Monument. You can find it at the Los Angeles City website. Chris, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. Stick around. We'll be just a moment. Uh, we'll come right back with more talk about, well, a very interesting city. Rudy Max's world is coming right back. So get on the phone now at 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. You can also enjoy the program anytime at rudymaxa.com. I'm happy to bring you the next chapter in a fun contest series sponsored by our friends at Travel Guard. It's one of thousands of true travel tales they receive every year. Diane and her friend were enjoying a summer cruise in the Mediterranean when her legs started to itch uncontrollably. She let it go, thinking it would get better. But when she noticed it getting inflamed and red, her mind went to her worst fear. For the rest of the story and a chance to win a Kindle, visit TravelGuard.com slash stories. TravelGuard is a worldwide leader in travel insurance and assistance. Several research studies show that people who are on the same diet and exercise program lose three to four times as much weight when taking 1,100 milligrams of pure green coffee extract than they do when not taking it. So if you are serious about losing weight, call Longevity Medical Clinic to order your bottle of pure green coffee extract at 866-869-6864 extension 1. That's 866-869-6864 extension 1 or order online at lmclinic.com. That's lmclinic.com. To participate in the program, call now at 800-387-8025 or log on to RudyMaxa.com. Here's Rudy Maxa. 33 minutes after the hour, and I will apologize in advance if you're listening to us from the upper Midwest or even the, the East Coast and the Northeast, because this weekend I'm coming to you from Poolside in Los Angeles, 
at the Hotel Wilshire, New Kimpton property, along the Miracle Mile on Wilshire Boulevard. We're going to talk a little more about that in a moment, but very close to the Miracle Mile is, well, let me put it this way. When you think of Los Angeles, farmer's market might not be a phrase that comes immediately to your mind. You think freeways, cars, beaches, but in fact, this is a city filled with farmer's market, and the granddaddy of them all, the largest one of them all, I think, is the original farmer's market, uh, which is in West Hollywood. Uh, how Miracle Mile. It? It's, it's, it's in the Miracle it's, Mile. It's, it's technically West in the Miracle Hollywood Mile? West Hollywood adjacent. Okay, good. And that voice is that is the voice of Alicia Buss. She is the director of marketing for the original Farmer's Market. I have walked many times and shopped at the Farmer's Market. It's a great market, but do you find outsiders who might visit here going, downtown Los Angeles, Farmer's Market? What's with that? Yes, people are very surprised to find out that uh, they may have heard of the Farmer's Market, but don't not exactly know what it means, what the fuss is about, and they walk in, and after they see our, you know, wonderful groceries and wonderful restaurants and wonderful food, then then they get it. Well, that's exactly the point, how large it is. Yes, it is large. We have over 100 grocers, restaurants, and shops, so it's not just some farmers that's, on stands. That's a farmer's shopping mall. Something like that, <laughs> yes. A, a we like to call it a, more of a village, but um, it started with 18 farmers who p indeed pulled their pickup trucks to how a dirt lot. 1934, wow. 79 years. So. And, and and when is it open? It is open every day of the year, with the exception of uh, Christmas and Thanksgiving. And even then, we have a handful of merchants who are open. And hours are? Hours are uh, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Friday. And we are open 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Saturday and 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. Sunday. But some merchants have extended hours. So it is a great place to go just hang. Absolutely. I mean, even if you don't need some fresh strawberries or four different kinds of avocados, um, it is a great place to go and just have breakfast or lunch or uh, dinner, dinner for that matter. Snacks. Snacks. And and for shopping as well, for farmer's products. And is there, uh, some farmer's markets have rules about where the goods and products have to come from. Does the original farmer's market here uh, have rules like that? Not in the same reference you're speaking of, but our many of our um, produce stands do carry some organic and local produce. And our grocers, we have the best butchers in the city of Los Angeles. We have the best bakeries in the city of Los Angeles. Um, wonderful gourmet grocery stores, cheese shop. Um, all of our grocers and really all of our merchants at the farmer's market are held to very, very high standards. So, you know, you can rest assured that if you're buying something at the farmer's market, it is going to be fresh and it is going to be handmade. Um, and another th really important thing to note is most of our businesses are family-owned and operated and have been in the family for two, three, and in some cases even four generations. So you're talking about recipes passed down. And when Alicia sat down to join me for this interview, she handed me a copy of a book called L.A.'s Original Farmer's Market Cookbook, a very handsome book. And I'm just flipping through it right now. And what strikes me right off the bat is the ethnicity or the variety of ethnic uh, restaurants. Um, f I mean, we've got Korea, Japan, uh, obviously Mexican, Spanish. I mean, uh, Moishi's. What is Moishi's? Moishi's what? Middle Eastern. Moishi's Middle Eastern. Yes. I mean, this is a United Colors of Benetton. Of food products. That's a wonderful way to say it. Absolutely. Quickly after the market started with the the fresh produce, um, our first restaurant opened, which was McGee's Kitchen. When uh, lovely Blanche McGee thought, "Gee, these farmers might want some lunch," and started making sandwiches, and it quickly just grew from McGee's to Mexican uh, to the first pizza in Los Angeles to Chinese. And so today, when you 
stop at Farmer's Market. You can, if you're in the mood for something, chances are you will find it. I'm looking at my notes here. It says the uh, 78, uh, the LA's, is this LA's first pizzeria opened here? That's right, Patsy's Pizza. The cheese shop sells 3,000 pounds of cheese a month? That's correct. 3,000 pounds. Monsieur Marcel, absolutely. And 1,000 pounds of corned beef every week or sold? That's McGee's that I was talking to about, yes. They are for known for their corned beef, corn beef plate and corned beef sandwiches, and on St. Patrick's Day, you should see the line go oh. out the door. It's quite remarkable. I'm sure you can't get in. Well, you can. You just have to be patient. <laughs> well, is, is there is there a better day or better time of the day on that day to come shopping when you might be able to browse? Uh, I presume weekends are busier than weekdays. That, that is correct. Um, although the market is, is busy most of the time, but mornings are very nice. Um, you can see all the stalls just opening for business. You can grab a cup of coffee. coffee. You can grab some pancakes. So nine-ish? Nine-ish right when we open. Um, but the wonderful thing about the market is each time of day has a different feel. So morning, you have a little bit more relaxed feel. You have a lot of seniors who come for coffee clutches and to kibitz. Then at lunchtime, we get a lot of business professionals from the era, area as well as um, fam families. And then in the evening, there's a whole different crowd. We have a few beer and wine bars. So you've got some of the younger crowd coming to have a happy hour drink and enjoy dinner. So really, anytime you come, it's, it's quite enjoyable. As I said, this is less a farmer's market than a... Uh uh, Disney World of food and possibilities, I'd say. Yeah, that's a very good way to say it. Well, I, 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 I've enjoyed myself at the Farmer's Market. There's also, within the Farmer's Market, a place called The Grove, or right next to it. it absolutely. Our next-door neighbor is The Grove, and it's connected by a trolley. So The Grove is high-end shopping. So what I like to say is you can go to the original Farmer's Market, you get a taste of authentic L.A., and then you can go shopping at The Grove, and you get a taste of she-she, fancy Beverly Hills L.A., and it a, a, makes for quite a good day. Don't pass up the original Farmer's Market when you come here to visit L.A. Alyssa, uh, Alicia B uh, Buss is the Director of Marketing for the Farmer's Market. Thank you for the Farmer's Market Cookbook, and oh. thank you for stopping in to say hello and taking out time out of your weekend. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for having me, Rudy. Very, very nice place to go. Stick around right here in Rudy Max's World. We're still talking travel. Coming to you live from the Hotel Wilshire, up on the top by the pool, looking out over the Hollywood Hills. We're going to talk cultural attractions, because it's not just television and movies that come from L.A. Don't go away. Call now to talk to Rudy Maxa at 800-387-8025. You can also email the show anytime at info at rudymaxa.com. Ladies, are any of these symptoms familiar? Weight gain, hot flashes, rapid heartbeat, night sweats? How about fatigue, nausea, low energy? Or what about sleeplessness, low libido, and fat storage, especially around the belly area? If you're a woman over 40 experiencing any of these symptoms, you probably have hormonal imbalance. And until you balance your hormones, it'll be practically impossible to get rid of these problems. But you're in luck because Ambrin is the all-natural formula clinically shown to cause sustained weight loss in women over 40 with no big change in lifestyle. Ambrin restores hormonal balance in women over 40, so the extra pounds fall away and the other symptoms simply disappear. To receive a complimentary risk-free trial with a free 30-day supply, just be one of the first 50 callers right now at 1-800-525-2563. Free supplies are limited, so be one of the first callers right now at 1-800-525-2563. That's 1-800-525-2563. If you have gout and think a few attacks a year are all you have to worry about, think again. Fact is, gout can attack silently, even between flares. You may not feel it, but gout's root cause, high uric acid, can allow crystals to continuously form and build up in your joints. Over time, this may lead to attacks in other joints, constant pain, and joint destruction. 
So don't wait. Get more information at goutinfo.com and talk with your doctor about ways to keep your uric acid at a lower, healthy level. Several research studies show that people who are on the same diet and exercise program lose three to four times as much weight when taking 1,100 milligrams of pure green coffee extract than they do when not taking it. So if you are serious about losing weight, call Longevity Medical Clinic to order your bottle of pure green coffee extract at 866-869-6864, extension 1. That's 866-869-6864, extension 1. Or order online at lmclinic.com. That's lmclinic.com. I'm happy to bring you the next chapter in a fun contest series sponsored by our friends at Travel Guard. It's one of thousands of true travel tales they receive every year. Diane and her friend were enjoying a summer cruise in the Mediterranean when her legs started to itch uncontrollably. She let it go, thinking it would get better. But when she noticed it getting inflamed and red, her mind went to her worst fear. For the rest of the story and a chance to win a Kindle, visit TravelGuard.com slash stories. Travel Guard is a worldwide leader in travel insurance and assistance. Do you or someone you know have an overseas trip coming up? Perhaps a college student preparing to study abroad or someone planning a honeymoon or trip of a lifetime. Why not get a feel for the place by ordering one of my DVDs? From Paris to Hong Kong, Tokyo to Tuscany, I've made more than 80 shows on the world's great destinations. Knowing a bit about the history, culture, people, and cuisine of a city or region beforehand can enrich any trip. Just click on store at www.maxa.tv to sample my DVDs. That's maxa.tv, and check out the new Blu-rays as well. Got a question or comment? Need advice? Jump on board now by calling the show at 800-387-8025 or visit the show anytime at rudymaxa.com. Now back to Rudy Max's World. Welcome back. It's 43 minutes after the hour. Coming to you live from the rooftop pool and restaurant at the Hotel Wilshire. It's a relatively new Kimpton-branded hotel, boutique hotel here along the Miracle Mile in downtown Los Angeles on Wilshire Boulevard. And, you know, when we think of, think of Los Angeles, you often think of movies and television as, their, as the city's cultural contribution to the world. But, in fact, this is a hotbed of all different kind of uh, different kinds of culture, and nobody knows it better than Michael McDowell, my next guest. He's the Senior Director of Cultural Affairs with the L.A. Tourism and Convention uh, Board. And, Michael, when you talk to people outside of L.A. who might not know it as well, what's your elevator pitch for the cultural attractions of this of this city? Well, I, what I often like to say is that if every great city is measured by the quality of art it creates and presents, then L.A. is fast becoming the uh, yardstick for the world. Uh, we have over 105 museums, ranging from uh, very large, uh, well-known organizations like the Getty to very small uh, craft and folk art museums, automobile museums, uh, natural history museums. Uh, there really is just so much to do here and, and really something for everyone. You used a phrase describing, when we, when we were off mic, when you were describing uh, uh, the Los Angeles, the uh, LACMA. The um, I'm trying to find the phrase you used. Encyclopedic right? Museum. You said it's the the, the LACMA, which is the uh, Los Angeles County County yes. Museum of Art, uh, is the largest encyclopedic museum in the United States. In the West. In the West. In the All right. Yes. What is an encyclopedic museum? Uh, that means they collect everything from uh, ancient antiquities uh, right up to the modern era, and uh, they 
a distinction that LACMA has uh, among all of the encyclopedic museums around the world, the British Museum, the Metropolitan Museum, L uh, because we're in LA, it's fitting that LACMA is the only encyclopedic museum that actually has a dedicated facility for contemporary art. Uh, because of uh, the emergence of LA, particularly after post after World War II, uh, is there was just an explosion of art and experimentation, uh, the likes of which was not possible elsewhere because we had space, we had sun, we had the air, uh, aerospace industry where they were developing plastics and other materials that the artists found fascinating to work with. So um, it's really uh, what LA is known for is contemporary art. Although we have some great treasures of the world like the painting Blue Boy uh, by Gainsborough, which everyone thinks is uh, in the British Museum. But it's right here. But it's right and here. And this is it, it's right here on the Miracle Mile, right down the street from uh, where we're broadcasting now. And at the Getty, we have uh, Van Gogh's Irises, probably second famous only after Starry Night, which most people think is in Paris somewhere. So we actually developed an itinerary that you can find on our website, discoverlosangeles.com, of the great paintings of the world you think are somewhere else. <laughs> That's a very funny way of marketing. Let's talk music for a moment. You have, you have uh, ten years ago the the uh, Disney Hall opened. Is that right? Correct. Correct. It was a real watershed. It's an iconic Str building. Striking architecture. Amazing interior. Absolutely. And uh, what Frank Gehry says is, all, in the time he took to build Disney Hall, he learned all the things he did wrong at Bill Bell. <laughs> Boy, you have got all those. You've got those. You've got those marketing slogans down. Um, and of course, there's a lot of theater here. I mean, a lot of the actors who we who we associate with television and 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 and, and movies not only got their start here in theater, but also practice their craft in between television shows and, and, and movies. Absolutely. In fact, there are more theaters in Los Angeles, live theaters in Los Angeles than there are in New York. And the Mark Taper Forum has won more Tony Awards than any theater in the country outside of New York. The thing that is wonderful about the theater experience in L.A. is that we're the only city in the country that has what's known as an act... Uh, uh, equity waiver, which means that the actors can perform in small, intimate theaters below scale, unfortunately. But what it means is you are in a theater with a professional actor. The theater may only have 40 or 50 seats. It cannot mm -hmm. have more than 99. And uh, it's an experience of what I call cinematic acting live. And so it's something that you can't experience anywhere else to see performers up close doing movie-style acting, but they're actually live while they're doing it. All right, so we covered uh, art, we covered music, we covered theater. Am I missing anything here? Uh, because of our beautiful climate, of course, there are tons of gardens. So we have 24 Japanese gardens alone. I didn't uh, know that. Yes, and 24. Uh huh. Just, just open to the public. Open to the public. Just Japanese gardens, and then we have uh, the Huntington Gardens in Pasadena have of a, an amazing amount. So, um, you know, one of the things we encourage visitors to do is to go to our website, discoverlosangeles.com, where they can actually see deals throughout the year. Like March 16th through uh, April 26th, they can go uh, to many of our museums for half price uh, during that period of Discover the Arts in L.A. Deal of the week. Now, when you say discoverlosangeles.com, do you spell out Los Angeles or yes. discoverla.com? No, it's discoverlosangeles.com. Okay. My guest is Michael McDowell. He's the Senior Director for Cultural Affairs with L.A. Tourism and Convention Board at the LA Tourism and Convention Board and as as you heard he has got the uh, he's got the stats and the and the and the lines down Mike thanks for taking time out of your weekend it has been my pleasure thank this you this is a great city for culture and uh, you're doing a, you're doing you're doing good work thank you we'll be right back in just a moment we're going to talk about food we haven't talked culinary yet stick around Rudy Max's World phone lines are open now, so call us at 800-387-8025 we'll be back after these messages
The telephone number to call the program is 800-387-8025. That's 1-800-387-8025. Or visit the show online at RudyMaxa.com. Here again is Rudy Maxa. Welcome back to the show. Coming to you live from the Miracle Mile, which is on Wilsh- is a section of Wilshire Boulevard here in West Los Angeles. Uh, and we are high atop the Hotel Wilshire, a new bu- boutique hotel that Kimpton opened in December. And I'm coming to you poolside and looking out over the Hollywood Hills. I can see the Hollywood sign, that iconic white, large-lettered sign on top of the hills. Um, and just delighted to be here. Well, we've, ta- we've talked a little about... Uh, 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 the cultural history, uh, the cultural and history of uh, Los Angeles. But I'm lo- uh, delighted to be joined by Stacy Sun. She is the resident dining and culinary expert at LA Tourism. She's one of the dining authorities in LA. Stacy, welcome to the show. Thank you, Rudy. This must be a this must be a, a playground of delights for eating. I mean, because you have so many ethnic groups here, so many people. This, it, it must be a wonderland to, to eat in. It's like being in a candy store, but it's savory foods. And it's also desserts as well, but it really is a playground for food. And, you know, right now, L.A. is just, it's an exciting place to be for food. How many restaurants are there here? Do you have any idea? We have about 27,000 restaurants. Not counting food trucks, right? You know what? I believe that does include food trucks as well. Well, let's not quibble over (laughs) 27,000. But but I would imagine that the, the enormous amount of different ethnic groups that have settled here and live here and form their communities here, um, really helps helps form the uh, what's on the menu basically yeah i mean i look at la as a giant melting pot i mean you don't really have to leave la if you want to get authentic korean food or authentic mexican food or even authentic ethiopian food which is just down the street from where we are it truly is a great place to get authentic eats well i'd love to go to koreatown and eat and it is it's i've been to Seoul. one of my pbs shows is done in seoul and i was eating at seoul thinking i feel like i'm in koreatown in la and the menu's just as good. Yeah, and you can also get live octopus here, too, in Koreatown. To eat? To eat. Do they eat it live here? They do. I didn't experience that in Korea or in Koreatown. I guess they save that for the professionals. <laughs> we'll have to go sometime. <laughs> All right. There must, be, uh, there must be some food blogs that people who might be coming to visit L.A. should look at. But let's start, first of all, with your website. You work closely with the tourism people, so they cannot review a restaurant because that would be to choose favorites. Um, but I understand you have a newsletter that can inform people about, you tell me. Yeah, so our newsletter goes out once a month, and you can actually go to our website, discoverlosangeles.com, to sign up for specifically the Dine LA newsletter. So if you want updates on what are the hot places to go eat at, or for the last one that we did in February, what are some of the top romantic spots to go and have dinner at for Valentine's Day? And you mentioned when we were talking earlier about... uh, you're now doing a review of the best place, best burger places? Yeah, we're working on that story right now, the best burgers in L.A. And there's another one you just did. Well, we work on definitive guides as well. We call them definitive guides just because there's so many great pockets of L.A. that are undiscovered, you know, like Thai Town or Boyle Heights. What's in Boyle Heights? A lot of really good Mexican food. Ah, okay, that's Mexican, okay. It is, and so you could go to our website, you can check out the story, but our, our newsletter is a really good way of just expanding people's you know, thoughts and just their knowledge of L.A. cuisine. And it's interesting because there was a point, I mean, I'm an old guy, there was a point where L.A. was not considered a great place for eating. I mean, yes, you had different ethnic places, but nobody was trying to, nobody was striving very hard. And that started changing maybe 10 years ago, I'd say. Just, that's, I'm just picking that number at random. Could have been 8, could have been 12. But do you agree? I, I do agree. And I, I say that 
I tell a lot of people that LA really is the pioneer when it comes to food. We started food trucks really with, or, you know, making food trucks a bit more fashionable, you right. know, with the Kogi truck that started in 2008. And then we also really pioneered pop-ups, the whole concept of pop-ups with Ludo Bites. You know, he's really made pop-ups. What is, I mean, for someone who doesn't live in a city where pop-ups are, what is a pop-up? So pop-up is where a guest, uh, a chef will do a guest stint at another restaurant that's not normally his. Or sometimes they'll go into a restaurant that is vacant for the time being, so they need to fill it up with someone. So pop-up is just kind of a, just a, on a temporary just, thing where they do it and for... And how do you know when there's a pop-up restaurant available? You have to be in the know. That's the big one. So you have to follow people on Twitter, follow people on Facebook, on Be Instagram. People being chefs? Chefs, bloggers, uh, any sort of news publications, you can follow Dine LA <laughs> to okay. get the latest and greatest on what pop-ups are going on as well. And, you know, to your point, LA has really risen in terms of, you know, just the status of it being a culinary mecca. The James Beard Foundation, they just released the list of the semifinalists for 2013, and we have over 21 LA restaurants and chefs that have been nominated. And that is, that is saying a lot Is for that us. a new high for LA? I th yes. And and you have do you have a restaurant week coming up or a dining week? What do you call it? Yeah, so we have Dine LA's Restaurant Week, which is Dine LA's Restaurant? Yes. Okay, week, okay. Dine LA's Restaurant Week is coming up in July. So the dates are July 15th through the 26th, and it's 12 consecutive days. And are these like other restaurant weeks where it's a fixed price menu that all the restaurants agree for a certain price? You get the lunch and a dinner and a certain amount of courses? Exactly, yeah. So it's the best way to get out there and try a new restaurant that you've never been to before. Give me those dates in July again. July 15th through the 26th. Okay, and I would re I would guess, like many other major cities, you should book early. Don't, you, don't, don't fly in here on the 18th and go, okay, I want to go to dinner tonight. You should definitely plan ahead for some of the more popular restaurants, but there's also quite a few restaurants where you can walk in the night of and you'll be fine. Okay. Well, Stacy, I, uh, I want you to give your website one more time for the newsletter. It's discoverlosangeles.com slash restaurants. Stacey Sun is a dining and culinary expert in L.A. Thanks for dropping by. Thank you for having me, Rudy. We're coming to the end of the first hour of Rudy Max's World. If your station is leaving us, fortunately not many of them do, but I'll see you next weekend, I hope, right here. Same place, same station. Otherwise, we're going to take about a six-minute break for local news and spots, and we'll be back with more L.A. from the Hotel Wilshire on Wilshire Boulevard in Los Angeles. You've been listening to Rudy Max's World, and as always, you're hearing must-hear radio on the SSI Radio Network.